patients with a prominent gag reflex, patients with temporomandibular joint pain, you have muscular origin. Um, in relation to that is headaches, yeah, migraines, mm -hmm. especially headaches. When we know Big that yeah, 60% of patients who have temporomandibular joint pain are getting regular headaches. We need to start coming away from it and moving, as you're starting to do, down onto the neck because we know that most headaches are coming from muscles of the head and neck. Welcome to the Protrusive Dental Podcast, the forward-thinking podcast for dental professionals. Join us as we discuss hot topics in dentistry, clinical tips, continuing education, and adding value to your life and career. With your host, Jazz Gulati. Hello, Protrusive Gulati. I'm Jazz Gulati, and welcome back to another Protrusive Dental Podcast episode. I feel like it's been a long time since I had a PDP episode. We've had the couple of uh, group functions, which I hope you really enjoy with Pav. Uh, like I told Pav before I recorded those episodes, speak to me like I'm five years old, because uh, like I said in a recent Instagram post, I don't know very much about implants. So that's why I really enjoyed learning those basic principles from Pav and, and sharing them with you. And uh, we had some great comments uh, on YouTube asking for, for more of this kind of stuff because it's, it's a confusing gray area, which Pav made very clear. Anyway, this episode is about acupuncture and trigger points uh, and two really key uses of acupuncture in dentistry. Even if you don't proceed with actually uh, implementing acupuncture into your care, then I think you will still gain a lot of value from David Johnson. Dr. David Johnson did a fantastic job of explaining the benefits of acupuncture, but also how you can use something called acupressure to, to actually suppress the gag reflex on children and adults. So do stick around for that absolute gem of advice that he gives. And I think you'll be able to gain even just from that. This area, you know, trigger points and acupuncture, it's yet another area which um, is not really talked about much in dental school, uh, especially trigger points. Like the more I learn about trigger points, the more I'm like, how, how did they not explain this in dental school? I can actually think back to patients at dental school which were having issues around trigger points and referred pain. And we and the dental tutor and I as a student, we couldn't figure out what was going on. But now I look back and I think, yes, it must have been referred pain. Uh, and it makes so much more sense to me. And you find it, once you know what you're looking for, you can find it a lot more. I think on a monthly basis, I find patients who would benefit from this. Uh, and I think the role of acupuncture is, is great. Two main functions of acupuncture that uh, da Dr. David Johnson explains. Uh, one is suppressing the gag reflex, and you'll hear all about that, including that little acupressure pearl. Uh, and the other main one is trigger point therapy. So when people have trigger points, and I'm not gonna ruin the podcast episode, I'm gonna let David Johnson explain what a trigger point is and why they're important how they were discovered how to palpate one what relevance they have and something that we should i think we all should know as good general dentists and specialists we should know this so before we join that i owe you a protrusive dental pearl now i was going to make a whole episode uh, about this topic but i thought let me not let me not let's not drag it out okay let me just give you this cool pearl okay now the pearl i want to give you is how i communicate an oral antral communication how I communicate an oro-antral communication. Uh, and notice how I'm, I'm sharing with you how I communicate, and I'm not saying this is the best way to communicate an OAC, because really, uh, when I stick this up on social media and whatnot, I wanna hear from you guys. How do you communicate OACs to your patients? Do you have a way that you like more than what I'm about to share with you? Now, when I think back to things that uh, I, I create that are original, which is like 1% of things, uh, and things which I have plagiarized over time, this is probably within the plagiarized category, 99% of things that I share with you guys, I've learned from people really clever uh, and mentors and whatnot. Now, I can't credit 
who I learned this from. I feel as though it's plagiarized. Sometimes, it, you know, I think it could have been me, but uh, it, it's too intelligent for, for it to be me. So uh, let me share with you uh, the pearl. So when I'm communicating an OAC risk, so any upper, maybe sometimes second premolar, depending on the radiograph uh, or molar for sure, and the roots are anywhere near the antrum, anywhere near, okay? I will always do the same thing. I will pull up the radiograph and show the patient, hey, do you see this white line over here? That's your sinus. And I point to my cheek and I say, here, you know, we've we got two of those, these hollow spaces uh, in, our, in our skull. Uh, and the roots of your molar are very, very close. In fact, can you see this x-ray? They're overlapping. Now, this doesn't mean that the root is living in the sinus. It could just mean that it's close and it's overlapping. If your roots are living in the sinus, when I remove the tooth, I will take a look. And if I can see your sinus, if I can see into your sinus, I will do a few things to make sure you don't get something called a communication, an oral antral communication. Now, what that basically means for you is you'd have a new party trick. And the party trick would be is that you drink water through your mouth and it could come out your nose. Okay, and I just look at the patient and I make a, uh, like a kind of like a serious face, but also like a, uh, like, wow, that's kind of weird, right? Uh, and then usually you get like a laugh or something. And, you know, I think most people tend to laugh at this and they say they, they, they memorize it. And I think part of consent, that's powerful because it's something that the patient will not forget. So even if an OAC does happen and it does uh, become something in the future and you see them again a few weeks later, then they'll remember, oh yeah, Jazz warned me about this, about this link, okay? Because my roots, my roots were close to sinus. And just to go back a bit, uh, when, I'm, when I'm showing the patients their radiograph and I'm showing their roots, I say, your tooth, your roots, I'm making them take ownership of their problems and their teeth and their anatomical considerations. It's not my problem, it's their problem. I'm just there to do a nice, safe job for them. So anyway, so I will tell them you'll have a new party trick that's very memorable for them. They laugh, creates a positive uh, sort of interaction. Uh, and then say, and then I say, don't worry, to make sure that doesn't happen, once I remove the tooth, if I can see this, this sinus area, then I'll put a, a special stitch inside and then we'll see how you heal. Uh, and you know, sometimes people say that, oh, if you, give, if you give warnings like these to patients, then they might not have their tooth out or they might not go ahead with treatment X, Y, and Z because you scared them away from treatment. Well, Lincoln Harris always taught me that that's the whole point of consent, right? If your patient doesn't consent to a, um, a, a risk, then they shouldn't be having that treatment. So I don't worry about if the patient's going to suddenly back out the extraction. It's never happened to me. It's important for them to know because the time that you don't warn them, that's sod's law. That's when it's going to happen. Okay, so it's it's not the end of the world. And when I communicate in OAC, I'm you know when I'm talking about it, I'm not acting all like scared and worried. I'm like you know it could happen. It's your it's your tooth. It's close to sinus. It could happen. Don't worry. I'll deal with it. So I'm instilling them with confidence as well at the same time. So how do you communicate an OAC? Please do let me know. Uh, type it on the Facebook, Instagram page at Protrusive Dental, our Telegram group or the Protrusive Dental Community Facebook group. Please let me know. I'd love to know how you do it. Uh, and let's see if anyone has a, a way that uh, I'd like to pinch and steal uh, and improve the way I communicate. Anyway, I will stop labouring and let's join Dr. David Johnson and all about the two important things you need to know about acupuncture and trigger points. Welcome Facebook, welcome YouTube, welcome Protruserati to a very special live. You know, I get to do about four or five lives a year, so not that, uh, not, not that many. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on The Real Dave the Dentist uh, from Wales. Uh, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? 
I'm very good. Very good. Thank you again for the invite. Um, as 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 mm. I was trying not to do too much in the that little bit of chat that we do when we we're testing the uh, the feed earlier. I am you know um, a short time uh, uh, viewer. I've you know only just discovered you about a month ago with some of the stuff that you were talking about with some patients you were talking. But yeah, I'm a big fan. It's just you, that we are on the same page with some of the stuff that you were talking about. So um, yeah, your podcasts have blown my mind. So for the fact that you have invited me along, you know, and I've given up a Friday night of sitting with the kids and having a movie <laughs> to talk about something that's close to my heart is, is, is great. So thank you again. We really appreciate it, and the, the community appreciates it as well. And I'm looking forward to learning from you a lot because trigger points is something that um, I haven't been in this uh, in this area of learning, in this arena for that long. It really fascinates me, uh, and my trigger point sort of journey is very much up here and down here, and now moving to the sternocleidomastoids, but not so much trapezius and stuff. So it'll be interesting to know where how you think that plays into that, but also the role of acupuncture and how I got to 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 bring you on as a guest is uh, we must give a shout out to Imran. Uh, Sweeder, I hope I'm saying his uh, name right. His Instagram handle, now his Instagram page is, and Imran, I think you're watching this because you said you tune in. Imran, your Instagram page is the worst page ever. And, and I mean the worst page ever because it's actually a fantastic page. It just makes me so damn hungry every time I go onto it. So it's uh, come and barbecue with me and it's just just flipping so good it makes me hungry every time and he suggested to speak to you uh, about trigger points and here we are and i'm so happy to, to have this opportunity uh, dave uh, tell us about how you got to know uh, imran uh, and then your origin story how did you yeah, enter yeah. this world of acupuncture and trigger points so Imran and, and his good wife, they came on one of my courses that I was asked to do by Health Education England up in the Leeds area. So they came on and Imran is, you know, and his wife, but he's one of those delegates who, who you can just see absorbing this knowledge. They're just like a sponge. It's just like you can see the osmosis drawing out of you. And and, and he just took it. And as, 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 as anyone who likes to teach um, sees that someone who just then flies with it, and that's what he's done because you know, his, his background, he's um, an oral surgeon. So this greatly relates to oral surgery. But a lot of our, our courses, what we're mainly, you know, I like to see, you know, what, what our main delegates are. So if it's a lot of oral surgeons, as I've done, I've, t I've taught down in Taunton, huge amount of oral surgeons down there. Whereas sometimes a lot of what we're getting along is general dentists. And that's where we want this. We want this out in general dentistry. This is, as we talk about, it's an extra tool in the toolbox. Yeah in the same way that you know you learn your your background basics of endodontics so you learn the root morphology you learn the anatomy you learn the disease that you're treating and you may have learned you know i've i you know, i've been graduated uh, 20 years now coming into my 21st so we're talking hand files in my day and once you've done a quota you could then move on to do in profile so it's it's you know that background you've got that but what we're adding is something in extra to treat the treat these conditions so patients with a prominent gag reflex patients with temporomandibular joint pain you have muscular origin um, in relation to that is headaches yeah migraines mm -hmm. especially headaches when we know Big that time. yeah 60 percent of patients who have temporomandibular joint pain are getting regular headaches we need to start coming away from here and moving as you're starting to do down onto the neck because we know that most headaches are coming from muscles of the head and neck so yeah so that's how Imran was on the course and, and that I you know I got interested into it I was so I graduated 2001 from Cardiff um, I did a year's VT in North Devon and then came back to Cardiff as in those days we called it GPT and I think it's now called uh, DCT1 
because there's DF okay. and then it's DCT1. But we used to call it GPT, yep. general, yeah, general professional training. And you spent some time in the hospital, time in the community. So my time in the hospital was an SHO in oral medicine and oral surgery. And one of the lectures, it was just a very short lecture that we got to do, was an anaesthetist came over from Morriston Hospital in Swansea and did some dental acupuncture for us. And I responded really well. I just thought, this is really good. I love the way it makes me feel. Make me feel very euphoric and chilled out. I thought, I've got to find more out about this. So you think... Wait, wait, act- as in the experience of learning or was he no, no, as it, oh, no, no, not just that, but yeah, the way it made me feel. It just made me feel really good. I went and had a just chilled out lunch. It was like I'd, you know, like I'd had a really good glass of wine. But no, it was just, it was just <laughs> the acupuncture. And these were points that I, I don't use these points now. I, I, there are some far better relaxation points and I'll come to them later um, and they're great for using on patients um, so I thought well I'm going to need to learn about this so you think well where are you going to learn about dental acupuncture so you know the internet was it's about and you can you can find it isn't as good as it is now with stuff like this so um, so where do you go you go to Sheffield that's where you went you went to Sheffield and you learned from a best consultant yeah the best uh, cons- school as well yeah, exactly. I have friends who are there. And I learned from a consultant in medical acupuncture, a guy called Pale Rostad, who's a, a Danish doctor who was working at the hospital there and had his own clinic. And he used to, at that point, he was the person who was teaching dental acupuncture courses. He's now retired, so it's got to turn to someone. And I got asked by the British Dental Acupuncture Society many, many years ago if I would take over. So generally, if you see a course on dental acupuncture, 90% of the time it's yours truly. But if you come to our courses that we do in London, admittedly COVID made things, we've slowed down a bit on those. It's myself and my good friend tom thayer who's a uh, consultant in oral surgeon and you get the two of us and we do we do these um i think we've got one fingers crossed all being well omicron wise then we're looking i think it's march i'll give you the the exact date later on so yeah send I me the link i'm gonna put it in the blog when this dust gets yeah, post produced yeah, yeah. Uh, and put on uh, i'd love to have these links because people need to learn and people need to know and then to like you said earlier before we actually went live someone from australia once flew to to attend one of your courses yeah, uh, yeah. now you know that just tells you about the volume of training that might be out there in the well, field that, of yeah, acupuncture. that's going to be difficult now with um with um <laughs> With the um, with the COVID restrictions yeah. and stuff like that, but yeah, we used to have guys guys and girls coming over from uh, France, Spain, Portugal. My uh, my good friend Jose, he again, he's like Imran, came over, really took this and and flew with it. Um, Riga in in Latvia. Latvia, we had a couple, mm-hmm. yeah, a couple from um, over from Canada. No one from uh, oh yeah, one guy from South Africa. And uh, and the guy, and Peter all the way from uh, from Australia, which he regarded oh, it's only a flight, you know. And we I'd arranged it because I honestly thought that Wales were going to do a lot better than we did that year in the Rugby World Cup. We did better than England, um, but Australia were in the final, and uh, I thought, well, maybe he's come over for that. No, he, he honestly flew over just for the course. Um, so you know, I've been teaching these courses for oh, geez, near 15 years because again, as because uh, I was an SHO in oral medicine and surgery when I got to do this um, I got paid for the hospital paid for it out of our, our study grant and then I went into community four days a week and was asked to come back and do one day a week as an honorary clinical lecture in oral medicine so I got to treat a lot of patients with head and neck pain and one of the majority of things that I was seeing was patients with temporomandibular joint pain now you you call it TMD I'll call it temporomandibular joint pain because um, you know there's different schools of thought um, I mainly go 
echo with what uh, Professor Renton uh, from uh, King says. She says, you know, what we're seeing is it's not dysfunctioning. She says it's muscular pain, so we should call it that. Which yep. was, um, she gave that once in a pain symposium I was teaching for the BDA. And um, I was sat there thinking, God, my slides all say TMD and TMJD. I best change my slides quickly. But from what she was saying, I was thinking, yeah, it's in the same way that you know, when they change the classification of, you know, you call a white patch a white patch instead of giving it a fancy name like Luca Plakey and stuff like that. Call it what it is. So she says we should call it temporomandibular joint pain because the ones that dysfunction, that's when we should put that D word in. But that's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's there's just, a whole. Uh, uh, it's nice to know these terms, and you know, at the end of the day, we know it's an umbrella term. If you actually read the the RCD, the uh, research diagnostic criteria, there's many diagnoses within this umbrella term, and I encourage you all uh, mm. to look at that. And the one where which is so important in terms of the muscular origin, just like you mentioned earlier, and the reason why I think we need to learn now. So we've obviously we talked about all these people that have come to your courses from all over the world, but now let's uh, let's give these these nuggets and pass them on to the Patricia tuning in right now. Uh, the very fundamental bits of information which is important because so much pain that we see uh, is non-odontogenic uh, non-odontogenic in origin and it gets completely uh, misdiagnosed completely missed uh, and uh, whilst I am a big fan of no diagnosis no treatment uh, I am making um, much less Diagnoses of no diagnosis, if that, if that, if that makes sense. Because once I've done the usual checks for, is this odontogenic pain? Is this from the sinus? No. And then I move on to uh, the other areas in the muscles. And very often I'll, uh, I'll uh, palpate a trigger point and that recreates the familiar pain. And when I started to do that, uh, it was brilliant, you know. And whereas you think some of our colleagues out there might be doing unnecessary root canals extractions uh, and various other procedures so let's just start from the very uh, basics if you don't mind dave what is a trigger point yeah so a trigger point is basically um uh, a well-defined anatomical area within a muscle that upon stimulation usually pressure and that's the way that that you'd be doing it in your examination palpation and firm pressure um and definitely physiotherapists the firm pressure that they use you know my wife's a physiotherapist even my kids say she's got thumbs of steel but upon physical physical terrorists physical terrorists that's the ones and i'm so glad she's in the other room and um (laughs) and upon the stimulation gives a specific pattern of, of pain radiation and that's what that's what you're recreating and you know that you, you start to when you start to look at these maps so we've got i've got um uh Pale rosted's great book which is uh, acupuncture for dentists and it's got these great maps in and the crosses it's you know it depends on how big your screen is but you know i'll find one of the bigger pictures but um what it's basically showing is when you stimulate that that trigger point, that's when that patient gets that specific radiation pattern of pain. I, did, I found one earlier. There we are. The, the one I've been uh, finding the most uh, now before this is me before now feeling uh, moving on to sternocleidomastoid and how important that is. Like it's one of the only muscles that can refer uh, pain to the contralateral side, uh, which which I learned about uh, some months ago, which was fascinating as well. And, and how the trigger point on the right SCM could actually give a headache on the left. Uh, yeah, uh, just front just side. yeah, just above it, just above, like a small circle mm. here. But what the main thing that 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 trigger point does and there are there are 
four main trigger points in the sternocleidomastoid is C-shaped pain around the eye. And that was something, this was one of the things that as I was building up my portfolio um, of cases that I was seeing, I saw um, a patient on the oral medicine clinic when I was um, you know, starting out as, as a, a clinical lecturer and she had C-shaped pain around the eye, which was, you know, had been diagnosed as um, atypical facial pain. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so I was asked, and, and she'd been offered different therapies. She was, I don't want to give away too much, but she worked over in the main hospital on one of the clinics over there. Okay. And so she, she had some background knowledge and she didn't, she didn't want to take some of the medications that were being offered her. Amitriptyline, that kind of stuff, the yep, usual stuff like kind of stuff did, they yep, give you. Yeah, the mm-hmm. thiopine, she didn't want to be offered those. So I got asked, would I have a look at it and see if acupuncture would help? So just went straight back to the beginning of, you know, tell me about your pain. And she said what it was. Well, from, from reading books like Travell and Simon and Peter Baldry's book, uh, Peter Baldry was one of the founding fathers of British Medical Acupuncture Society, C-shaped pain. I just went straight to the sternocleidomastoid clidomastoid mm-hmm. put a few needles in just some light fit light needling you know found these trigger points light needles in pain went away took mm-hmm. the needles out pain started to come back but instantly i know that's a thing that's the mm-hmm. thing so you know it took it took a course of treatment seeing her weekly and that's what we like to do but again with pressures are on the nhs and pressures in practice it depends how you can fit it in i'll, I'll come to that way out especially if you're an nhs practice where you can fit things in so it doesn't eat into your time mm-hmm. but yeah that was one of the first ones i saw you know and it, it presented that we we used to have a um a swag the south wales acupuncture group which was mainly for doctors and i I was the only dentist there so you know i went i went to them i said oh so i had this case in and talked about it instantly all of them knew what it was they would have done exactly the same but for me this was mm-hmm. you know, a new thing because otherwise yeah wouldn't have known because yeah we talked about it on medicines or different routes neurologist or, or whatever these the routes that the, these patients may end up but i think it's important for all dentists all every single dentist to have knowledge that these trigger points a exist how to mm. uh, palpate them to some degree and you may need to go to on a course to really do it properly uh, so that you can make um, better diagnoses because the most common one i, I found uh, before i now move further i'm excited to learn uh, from you tonight further is uh, temporalis giving pain in a lateral in, in uh, incisor region and also um, insertion of the master giving pain to a lower molar uh, I've got some great videos of patients and say oh yes yeah, raising my hand I'm feeling the pain and w- when you st- start noticing these things it's just brilliant it really completes your ability to be able to get a good diagnosis yeah, yeah, because sometimes we, we learn all these muscles and it's, you know, you spend that first year at university learning, you know, all of these muscles and even colouring in the muscles in different colours. If you've got the, the, the you know, the uh, anatomy colouring in book, that was my, one of my favourite ones to do. But but knowing about how they can give it, it's never taught. It was never, but then I, I'm not, and I'm not blaming dental school because to be honest, you know, there's so much out there. It is just getting you out there as a safe, you know, a safe beginner, a safe learner. So there's so much. That's the, that's the exciting thing about it, that there's so much more to learn. I'm t- 20 years out and then still learning everything. You know, it's um, it, it's fabulous. So, yeah, we, we need more of that out there to learn certain things of different pain because we're not just the teeth. We are the whole head and neck. And especially when that pain refers into our air and can affect our, our treatment. And, you know, it um, yeah, we don't want to cause over treatment, but we don't want under treatment because our patients can be in pain. 
Um, you know, Pale, who used to teach me, um, when he was teaching in Denmark, they, they'd do it slightly different, especially they, they'd set up for headache clinics and they'd get a dentist along, a doctor along, and a chiropractor along, and they'd teach them all. So they'd be like a mini MDT. But if, wow. you know, if, if you as a dentist have, you know, done the appropriate courses, done the training and worked through a portfolio, then a lot of this, you know, I, personally, I don't think the patients just coming to us about headaches is really our remit. I think it's more in relation to temporary mandibular joint but I don't like that grey area and I don't want to get you know um, the GDC or anyone like that too excited but it, as we know like I said 60% of patients with TMJ pain are getting are getting um, are getting headaches so yeah that's this is what why a, that's we what should a... be yeah but this is why we should be screening for headaches but you're right it, there is a grey area where we can't diagnose we can't actually diagnose a headache and it's really important to, to say that we can't diagnose it but uh, and it's the same way when I give a patient's appliances because I don't do uh, I don't offer acupuncture yet uh, and uh, when I give appliances to help them with their muscles and then their headaches go away I never tell them that um, your headaches will definitely go away I'm managing the force of bruxism I'm doing all these other things but some of my patients have found that their headaches gone away, and that's usually when I've been when I've done my muscle palpations and it's it's giving a positive response, and I'm there and thereabouts in, in in the ballpark. So that is um, important as part of your palpation to figure that information out before you do anything. But I guess the next step for me is is look into acupuncture. Now you mentioned about what a trigger point is. How do these trigger points actually form in these patients? What's the etiology uh, or the the you know the the patho uh, the pathophysiology of, of, a, of a trigger point. So, yeah, so trigger points are always there in muscles, and we either say that they're sort of like on or off, or some people will call them on and latent, okay? Um, and well, the way they were really discovered was we're talking going back four or 5,000 years in China, okay, with traditional Chinese medicine. And so if you, I take you back to my clinic 5,000 years ago and say so you might come in to my clinic and I notice that you've got this main sort of like focus of pain, okay, well, I'll use modern terminology, that's just here in the trapezius and it's radiating up your neck. And I see another, you know, 50 patients who've got the, the same and I, I keep good contemporaneous notes. So um, dental protection loved me. And I start to notice this pattern of these main patients with this focus radiating up their neck. But then I've got another 50 patients who have got this main focus just where yours is radiating up to. And that's radiating into the temporalis area. But for another 50, it may be radiating down. So I start to, you know, and we're in China 5,000 years ago and the Chinese weren't dissectors of the body. What they were was very good topographical observationalists. And they didn't know about Melzack and Wall's gate theory of pain. They didn't know about myelinated and unmyelinated fibers, but they were really good topographical observationalists. And when you look at sort of like head and neck mapping of acupuncture points, and there's an 85% correlation between acupuncture points and trigger points because trigger points are always in muscles, but acupuncture points aren't necessarily always in muscles. So that's why it's never going to be 100%. But when you look at the mapping of acupuncture points and you see these points and what the Chinese did was they came up with these meridian maps. And when you look at these meridian maps, what they basically did is join the dots. And that's when you look at meridian maps of acupuncture points, you're looking at them looking at musculoskeletal referral patterns of pain. And it's phenomenal when you when you look at it, you know, you see patients who, you know, have pain from their master and you'll see that it radiates up into the temporalis or radiates down the neck or along the jaw. It's just really good topographical observationalists and that they've mapped these out. So that's where, you know, we think, you know, theory of acupuncture comes from, from the mapping of trigger points. Um, 
But what so is the, the thing that actually you may, maybe you're coming to this? But what is it that turns a latent or, or one that a trigger point that's off? What brings it on? Is it the whole uh, bad posture, our stress, the things that we, the naughty things that we do, yeah. the, the the poor posture that we adopt? Is that the kind of thinking? So it's basically injury overuse improper use so that you know that could be from you know whiplash from a car accident it could be digging in the garden where and you always go oh I've, i found some muscles that i you know i didn't know i had they were always there but what you've done is you, you've injured them and with in our case with patients with temporomandibular joint pain that could be you know that overuse that clenching okay now one thing we know from, from studies that came out of sweden looking at the masseters and doing micro assays and micro arrays in these in these trigger point areas what they were noticing was increased lactic acid products yeah and decreased oxygenation but you're going to get one with the other so when we mm. you know when we find these trigger points and we're sticking this needle in what the acupuncture needle is doing into that trigger point is you get histamine release so whenever you stick an acupuncture needle in you'll you'll notice you get that sort of like red wheel yeah, and you get histamine release. Well, we know that histamine release causes vasodilation. So you're mm -hmm. going to get increased blood flow to that area. So you're going to get increased oxygenation and increased perfusion. So you're basically going to wash away more of these lactic acid products. But one thing we do notice, and this is why I, I say, and I say on all of my courses, and it, you know, it's one of those things that you come on an acupuncture course and you're really keen to stick needles in. That's all you want to do. You want to <laughs> stick needles in. But the most important thing is the examination of the patient. Yes. And, and especially with the form of acupuncture that I like doing, which is, it's called, you know, trigger point acupuncture, musculoskeletal acupuncture. And that's the stuff I really love. And it's a real Western acupuncture. And, as and this is dry. To, this is dry needling, right? You're yeah, not actually injecting any fluid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, and dry, yeah, dry needling. Dry needling is also um, not to cause bleeding. Okay, mm. so that's dry needling as well. But yeah, basically dry needling. So you've really got to find that trigger point. That's why the good examination. And if you get the the needle right into the trigger point what you get is a twitch and then we i basically see it as like there's really tight fibers there that then just go and then just mm -hmm. melt down you can take the needle out then it's like when mm -hmm. you get that id block spot on yeah you know you mm -hmm. barely need to put any um lignocaine in there so um yeah it's just and it just it just goes but mainly what acupuncture is doing like i said increase profusion to that area you know there's there's that whole melzack and walls gate theory of pain which is happening in the second and the fifth layers of the dorsal horn and that's what we call a segmental effect but locally that's the local effect and then with the acupuncture point if you're really truly in the acupuncture point that um gating of pain sent up through and this is where we get into the heavy heavy stuff up through the lateral spinothalamic tract into the higher centers of the brain into the pain centers of the brain and that's where on things like fmri you see those areas lighting up on fmri difficult thing with acupuncture and fmri metal needles world's largest magnet it's never you're never going to get on with those but you can use non-ferrous needles you can use gold needles and again the other thing that makes it, it, it makes it limited is there's nothing new in acupuncture there's no big company behind acupuncture you know funding it um and it gets expensive. The biggest, most expensive thing is your time, unless you're going to start using an fMRI machine and they get very expensive to rent. So never rented one myself. We've got one of the best ones in Europe here in Cardiff. Um, it's called Kubrick. It, the, the 3D scans it does, my friend Jeremy uh, works with a team on it down there and it is, it's immense. It's immense. But in your day-to-day in your -day, uh, practice, when you, when you use it, 
do you use it as per like people refer to you as because they know you now and uh, the fact that you provide acupuncture, you get referrals for people in facial pain and then they suspect there's a muscular component and then you get to see them and then you get to do your examination and, and figure out that, okay, there is some sort of correlation. There are these trigger points uh, and then you would carry out your therapy or are these patients that you uh, are, have your own list and then you're just going the extra mile to diagnose these conditions and offering your acupuncture? How's, how do you work in, in terms of a, a, a facial so, pain clinic? Yeah, so so my clinic, uh, my background is I treat, um, I'm a general dentist who works in the community treating special needs kids and special needs adults. And I've been doing that for um, 18 years, 18 years. And the more you do, the more, you know, um, specialized you become within that. But I'm not a specialist. I still like, you know, I, I love the fact that you say it, And I say the same. I'm a generalist, but I work within that field. And it's great. Um, so we're a referral only practice treating, you know, special needs kids and special needs adults. So but yeah, if a referral came in, then yes, but I generally I'm, um, I don't promote that out because that's not what I'm there for. I'm there to do treatment under sedation, uh, general anesthetic and do more complex cases, stuff like that. People who can't accept treatment within general practice but if one of my guys that i see um yeah it needs it then yeah i use it on them you know i used to use there's there's some lovely points just on the top of the head around the crown which are really good um for sedation feel just a nice relaxed sedative effect and i used to use them a lot and i still teach them a lot but I have better things now, you know, I have um, different gases. And if, if my gases and drugs aren't good enough, then, you know, my colleague Simon <laughs> or Tom in the hospital who, who are anaesthetists, then theirs are better. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but, you know, for those before, before I built up my sedation portfolio, um, then I was using these a lot and, um, you know, and they're fabulous, nice, simple technique, you know, five needles. So, you know, your, your overhead, like a box of acupuncture needles like this, hundred needles, 10 pounds. So each needle wow. 10 pence. So, you know, your overheads for acupuncture are, are extremely, you know, extremely low. Um, your most expensive thing is, is your time. So I'd say to anyone starting out doing acupuncture, you know, you want to be doing it, say, you know, at the end of the session. Yeah. Or at the end of the day. Yeah. Especially if you're using it for someone with temporomandibular joint pain and you're not going to be doing anything else. Yeah. You might be doing the splint and stuff like that. Um, myself, I like to use um, acupuncture to get rid of the muscular pain. I just see mm -hmm. it as these sort of like magic little, you know, arrows that get right to that pain that target it. And I know that's how um, manufacturers of like ibuprofen always like to, they like to show a bullseye. <laughs> you and that's how I, I visualize it in my head. They do, we are really targeting it. You know, my wife's a physiotherapist. Um, I was into acupuncture before we got together and she's doing acupuncture courses, but she still prefers, you know, getting the thumbs in. She likes that, even though she's not musculoskeletal anymore. Um, but mm -hmm. me, you know, um, with the knowledge that I've done, because the amount that you can use acupuncture for within the dental field is, is finite, you know, we're around here. Yeah. I wouldn't mm. expect patients to start stripping off any loan there. So I'm working on, on, on the top of the shoulder, you know, for headaches in relation to temporomandibular joint pain. Um, yep. but I still read around it and we get to do other courses. So once you've done a course like our one with the British Dental Acupuncture Society, there are some great ones with the Medical Acupuncture Society on headaches, back pain, all stuff like that. It's not for us to treat, mm -hmm. but it's great for yourself. And the trigger point ones are great. So, you know, throughout, um, I was getting some, um, 
plantar fasciitis, some pain. Mm-hmm. And at one point I've during, at, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, at one point during the, um, I think we were on our second lockdown. It could have been a local lockdown that we had here in Cardiff, uh, in Wales. So you could only go about five miles. So at the weekend, you know, when you weren't at work, the only thing you could do is be going out for walks with the kids. But if you've got plantar fasciitis and that's really hurting, making it painful to walk. So some lovely, so you re- research around it, you look through the text, there's some lovely trigger points just up on the calf, stick some needles in there, did a treatment one day, did a treatment the next day, fine. I was fine to go walking. You and know. it's almost instant relief? Yeah, near enough, near enough. I, wow. you know, With patients, if I was doing more intense treatment, I would do one day on, one day off. It's on myself. I, you know, I'll, 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 I'll uh, really go at it with myself. And also did some points right in... Um, um, and I wouldn't recommend it. I was chatting with my friend Mike, who is the um, director of the British Medical Action Society, and he said, what, you put it right in the, the arch of the foot? He said, that must have been painful. I said, you, I have no words for it. I said, <laughs> it worked. The distal points, they're the ones away from there. They work really well, but I did do some local needling. Oh, and I'm so glad I did, because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to go out, but it was, um, yeah, my, um, when I put the needles in, it was like my hand wouldn't allow me to do it. It was, it was, it was, but it works. So, you know, um, whenever I go away, we always take acupuncture needles. I've used them, you know, when I've been here, there and everywhere on, on different things, when I've been on expedition training and stuff like that, and someone's bound to get a little bit of back pain and, you know, I'm not in the UK, you know, so so I might do some manipulation with my fingers, a bit of physio and stuff like Mm. that, but understanding trigger pointing and in those areas and just, you know, works really well that's the basis of musculoskeletal physiotherapy so um Mm -hmm. you more dentists getting into it and working down you know coming away from this area yeah examining muscles of of uh mastication especially the master temporalis you know Mm -hmm. there's lots of trigger points in the temporalis um it fits in with a line called the gallbladder line that goes back and forwards and there are lots there but moving down the neck the main ones that we look at especially in relation to headaches are trapezius that's the mm-hmm. big one for us especially you know in dentistry that we all lean forward and we all you know round in and we're at the coal face and then we come away and at the end of the day we most probably haven't drunk enough fluid and we've done this we're going to get headaches in our profession mm-hmm. and especially if people are you know not wearing loops but that's that's another bugbear of mine you've got to have loops. i would love to see a survey of dentists and see what percentage of dentists and, and dental nurses and the dental team suffer from headaches compared to the general population that'd be a real fascinating uh, study to do uh, and obviously they they usually be um, muscular in nature and and on that point most temporomandibular joint pain to, to use the terminology you said about Tara Renton um, most of uh, the, the, let's call it just TMD the umbrella term is muscular in origin so i.e. 65% plus uh, then there's less intracapsular and a lot of it is mixed but even in those mixed cases uh, the muscular component uh, should not be ignored it's, it's often the bigger component mm. uh, and that's where I see uh, the, the role of uh, these trigger points and acupuncture and that's why I like to refer to really good physiotherapists like my friend uh, Krina Panchal who's doing great things she's taught me a lot about uh, trigger points actually what are the uh, other main uses of acupuncture uh, in dentistry so i know oh, I've, I've read uh, on these forums from from colleagues who do acupuncture uh, lots of dentists raving about the ability of acupuncture to help with the gag reflex can yeah, you tell yeah. us about that 
Yeah, yeah. So the, the I, 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 on the course, I say if you go away from this, and 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 we aim the course at generalists. Yeah, we aim the course at generalists because there's no point teaching everyone some of the the really you know rare stuff that's going to come into general practice. Yeah, the stuff that's more likely going to be in oral surgery and oral medicine. So the the main things we teach: temporomandibular joint pain. Um, Anxiolysis, yeah, the points on that, but gagging. And if there's one thing, one thing alone that you're going to use for, and this is what's great for the, again, the DCPs, so the hygienists and therapists who come on the courses as well, because obviously a lot of practices, oh, this patient gags, send it to the DCP, you know. Whereas me, I like to keep <laughs> stuff like this, yeah. And in our practice, you know, we're offering sedation, so that that synergistic effect of sedation, you know, inhalation, sedation, and and the acupuncture. So the point is basically. If you know, you know, your lateral calf tracing, it's point B. Yeah, the most that that most inferior point as the lip comes in and the chin comes in just in there. Mentalis muscle. Yeah, just yeah, just above it. So so you look at the patient as an orthodontist would from the side Uh and it's that most inferior and even point point B on a lateral calf. Yeah, right there. (laughs) That most inferior, the most inferior point in there. That most uh-huh. inferior point in there. And even on patients like us, you know, your beard is far superior than mine. And, and, and But you, do, you palpate that area and then it's a very precise point down the midline. In it goes, 15 millimeter needle. And it goes in until it stops. But that doesn't mean, you know, it's basically, it just gently touches the bone. Just a, Okay. But it's not in... It's not in the sulcus. It's below the sulcus. Yeah. So you, you've never pierced someone through and through. And that point, mm-hmm. that point, that point's called conception vessel. It's on the conception vessel um, meridian that goes from your lower lip all the way down the midline. Okay. And and that goes. In. It takes about five minutes to work. Okay. It takes and about five minutes. How successful is this? Um, how how what as a percentage do you know? Either in the literature or from your own experience. Um, how from my, my is experience, it? I'm quite persistent with it. And if it's not working, then it might be that my aim is slightly off. So I will keep the original needle in and then put another one alongside it. But yeah, you're looking about 85, 90%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just got to give it a bit more time. But I don't just use that one. And so what we teach is there's a point just above the tragus. There's just there's this small triangle just in there. And it was rediscovered by uh, Janice Fisk, who's one of the founders of basically um, special care dentistry and it, it getting, uh, getting recognized as a speciality within dentistry. And uh, she's part of the Dental Acupuncture Society and just there. And we call that, we name it after her, the Fisk point. And it has the advantage patients can't see it. It doesn't get in the way, even though it only gets, it only gets in the way when, um, if, I've, if, I've cut, if I've marked up the rubber dam wrong and, um, and there's too much <laughs> rubber down here. But this one can, with repeated opening and closing, work its way out. If it does, you just reapply it. So CV24, the Fisk point, well, we say bilateral Fisk points, yeah? Uh, and then there is another point, and it's uh, one of the points on the wrist that a lot of people, so it's the most distal wrist crease, and it's three fingers down, which in a, an acupuncture measurement is called chun. Okay, so three fingers mm-hmm. is two chun, and it's just at midline, and it's PC6, pericardium 6, and there's a lot of research done on that one. Very good anti-emetic point. we can poke needles uh, on the wrist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, it was one of the first points that I was taught, I think, you know, because you're using it. I don't think it's in, in an area that's um, 
to uh, risque and or risky and you get right by the mm-hmm. way so we're not asking patients to strip off the chair it's a it's a good distal <laughs> point in an area it's easily accessible I do, you know unless people have got you know an aversion to showing their wrists in public then fine but the local points mm-hmm. are far far better pc6 pericardium 6 is what's used uh, with c bands those are acupressure bands for c sickness ah, travel sickness uh-huh. but again takes about half an hour and who's got half an hour so we generally yeah. go with the local points which are a lot quicker there are also there was a guy called bob who came to one of our courses over from vancouver and there are some points on the ear and you can get these like little clips that just clip just behind the lobe just around here and he came on one of our courses because someone had told him about these these clips and he wanted to just understand how this worked so he he you know he'd used them in his practice still didn't understand how he worked he came on my course and i went yeah auriculo acupuncture is not really my thing i i know about <laughs> it i do bits i said but i can tell him about these points but you know i said if it works it works uh-huh. yeah i said i don't do auriculo stuff um or ear acupuncture as it's called but the local one yeah acupuncture is great for them and that's something that in our practice because we're being referred a lot of patients with excessive gag um you know you can take someone with a, a gsi of four gag severity index from a four down to one i didn't even one. know that existed oh uh-huh. the gags remember in dentistry there is a grading system for everything <laughs> and if not someone's working on one but yeah the gsi the gsi the gag severity index is what their gag is like before you've done anything and then when you've done whatever you do with it, it could be hypnosis it could be desensitization um i'm not into salting of the tongue because we like to keep a low salt i was going to ask you about that yeah 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 that okay. again mm-hmm. that most probably works on a similar neural neural pathway um but you know for me i do acupuncture or it could be yeah. just be doing inhalation station or the two combined and then there's your uh, gpi your gag prevention index so what you've brought that gag down to so it's just a before and after measure you can give it you know it's it's quite useful it's um easier you know especially if you're doing research on them um so my mm-hmm. first my first line i will always well i'll generally jump in with acupressure firm Pressure. I was just, you took yeah. the words out of mouth. So I was going to ask, okay, what if you don't have a needle at the moment and you haven't been on your course yet? Um, I read somewhere that you can use acupressure. So is that as simple as just getting the patient or you yourself uh, ramming your finger in that in that space just uh, under the lip, just by the mentalis, just by the point B, as we said, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then giving it some time to work? Yeah, I generally, um, when I was doing um, my research uh, for my, you know, to complete my uh, foundation training in dental acupuncture, I did a research because at that point, my my main patient basis was kids. So I was doing uh, a needle-free technique to reduce the gag on pediatric patients prior to taking bite wings because Mm. I want bite wings on kids because it helps improve my treatment planning. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even with your size zero film, it can yes. you know, stimulate that gag because the main areas for stimulating a gag, lateral border of the tongue, posterior palate. Lo and behold, what does what does the uh, bite wing like to do? It likes and to and stimulate also children, the way they swallow, the way they swallow is, is it makes it even more difficult uh, by placing a bite wing. So that's uh, fascinating. So uh, any guidelines as to how many minutes and how hard to I, press well, in that well, area? For, for my study, I did it for a minute. Why a minute? Because it seemed about right. How firm? Firm enough to cause blood. Blanching. So a bit like, do you know when you do like peripheral perfusion test? 
Yeah, so mm. on the on the forward. So firm enough to cause blanching, but not firm enough to cause bruising. Okay, mm-hmm. for a firm minute. Now I was doing a it was a single blinded study, so I wasn't telling the kids why I was doing it, but I knew why mm. I was doing it. Okay, now I tell the kids this is the ninja point. Yeah, it's the ninja point. So, so I'm applying, I'm doing some ninja magic and we'll apply it to the ninja point and do it for a minute. Most kids, you only need to do it once, but if you've got to do it for a minute prior to each bite wing, then fine. In, so on the study I did, so 90% yeah, success, again, because it was a short amount of thing, but I also make sure with it, you know, good technique. So making sure they're in good position, they're sat back, their chin is up. You know, and I also in, instruct them what I want them to do, close slowly and gently, not quick like a crocodile, slowly and gently. Um, so, yeah, so works very well. If that doesn't work, then fine. Then we need to move on to the needles. And that's with kids and with grown-ups, especially with grown-ups. Um, you know, in, in my time, I've only had uh, three cases that I've not been able to treat with a combination of acupuncture and sedation. And these these are men in their 50s, all three of them, men in their 50s, Previous heavy smokers, previous heavy drinkers. I don't know why. I'd, I'd like to know more. I'd like to, you know, I can tell you, there are the characteristics. So if anyone out there goes, yeah, that's why I've had the same. And this is the reason why it doesn't work. It's like, thank you. That explains it for me because I really want it. But they're, they're the three. Three previous heavy smokers, previous heavy drinkers, not being able to do a thing with their gag. Not being able to do a thing. So you've talked about um, the use of acupuncture and we talked very much about trigger points and how they're related to uh, myofascial or myalgia uh, of the umbrella term of TMD. Talked about uh, acupuncture and the gag reflex and you gave us some great pearls about uh, using acupressure and in children. I think that's something that we can all do on Monday morning. So thank you for that uh, brilliant tip. Uh, Any before we just uh, wrap up now and welcome any questions from the audience. um, Any other uses that you think general dentists are missing out on by not uh, implementing acupuncture as part of their practice? No, I, th- I think they're the main things. They're the main three things that we, we like, you know, uh, start, you know, start with the, you know, um, with the basic cases. And then after that, you know, start with temporomandibular joint pain. And once you're, once you're moving from that, that's when you start to come down onto the neck. And everyone, when they're, when they're, when they're first putting needles in, into the master and the temporalis, they're all a little bit wary. And we do it as a, a two-day course over a weekend. And on day two, we move down onto the neck. And I, I, I say to the delegates, once you're down on the neck and you've learned you've been doing the big muscles on, on trapezius, splenius capitus, um, then you, you just, everything pales into comparison because you've had to, you've had to go onto the neck. You've had to lift the trapezius and hold it up. You've had to go in at a different angle. Very good, safe technique because that's the most important thing. Good examination and safe needling technique. I said, and after that, you know, the, um, the needling of the masseter. And if you want to do, you know, the, there is a, a trigger point that from the master that goes through to uh, the pterygoid, then mm-hmm. you can you can do that. Most people, you know, I don't feel that I need to needle through to the pterygoid. I think it's the big muscles that are causing those main problems. Mm-hmm. But if once I've turned them down, there's still some, then it may be that there's something a little bit deeper. But yeah, it's that whole thing of building up your portfolio. It's one of those things, come on the course, build up your portfolio. The more you do, um, but then just learning more, as I say, is, you know, learning more about musculoskeletal pain because it is a very interesting thing. 
you know, because... Oh, absolutely fascinating. We... I'm actually going to definitely committing to... I'm definitely going to join you on your course. We just had a question. Uh, right, so... Uh, and, and actually, the, one of the questions uh, from the same person. So, uh, Sherry. Hi, Sherry. Sherry Abuterabi. Uh, so, after one minute of pressing, so back to the acupressure, yeah, uh, yeah. just for the gag reflex. Um, one minute of pressing, uh, and do you see the effect immediately? Well, the, the, the gag's reduced, so... And mm. I'm able to take the bite wing, so... That's yep, a success, so, we're, but we're talking, yeah. you know, small amount of stimulation. There are some patients who are referred in, um, and just to examine them, what I'll do is um, I won't be able to use both hands. It's that thing where, you know, it would have been nice if when we had that first COVID jab that we grew that third arm because it would have been so useful because I could apply <laughs> the acupressure and then I could have the mirror and the probe. Um, but yeah, so I'll often apply the. I generally like to apply the acupressure myself, um, but you can, especially for, for patients who gag when they're brushing, talk about them applying it, you know, before they're Genius. brushing. But it, it fits in with that, that whole thing. There's, there's, there's lots of different tips. You know, the, one of them is applying firm pressure. The other thing is um, for some patients, I say, uh, if you shower in the morning, brush your teeth whilst you're in the shower. Because when you're bending over at that sink, you're already in that position getting ready to to be sick i said so mm. just changing the pressure and that because you can breathe better because you're you're stood up and you don't have to worry when you're spitting out the shower's going to wash it away but you know mm. good firm pressure for yourself and helping you know we've been doing it in our house when when we've been doing our lateral flows um every day and especially with the fact with with the omicron variant you know you've got to be swabbing the back of the mouth and um you know without so yeah so we make sure you know, one finger on and then back we go with that swab. But yeah, firm pressure. If it brings it down so it doesn't feel like when I'm, I'm swabbing myself that I'm going to uh, sick myself inside out, then, uh, then that's good. It's done its job. Mm. Next time I do a lateral flow, I'm going to give this a go as well. And, firm uh, you know, firm it pressure. Of a firm pressure. Well, uh, I remember a patient I see about five years ago. And I felt really bad for him. He actually had ex- the, the most severe gag I'd ever seen. He'd make himself gag every time he'd brushed uh, to the extent that we actually had to um, remove non... Yeah, they were non-functional, but still remove these second molars, which are, to anyone else's mouth, very accessible, only because he had early decay uh, and the prognosis was so bad because of his extreme gag to remove teeth under sedation which was real a real shame and to to, to be able to teach that uh, patient just like what you said uh, in the shower and to use that acupressure is something that could really make a big difference so yep. uh, i think that's a very implementable the, uh, the yep. other mm-hmm. well the other thing is also timing as well because especially when you've woken up in the morning you, your stomach's just not fully settled and you know when i you know we we now say brush at night time and one other time yeah the nighttime brushing being the most important you are less likely to gag at night yeah it's that you know your, your stomach's more settled you just whereas first thing in the morning and i speak from personal experience and from from from, from chat with patients that's when they're more likely to gag so sometimes it's just about well maybe wait till later on in the morning there's nothing wrong with taking a toothbrush to work and then just excuse me five minutes Go off and brush your teeth then. If you're less likely to gag, yeah, and you're able to get um, just work that into your day and just alter that time, well, you're getting that brushing in, but just later on in the day, and it means it's less of a... Um, mm-hmm. Less, a, less of a, you know, it's less of a task. You know, I, I'm, I'm forever having to bring up sort of like altered brushing plans for carers who are brushing for, for special needs patients. And, you know, if you've ever had someone else brush your teeth, it's a strange thing having someone else do it. So mm-hmm. I, it's trying to teach them that, you know, it, 
it's you know it's no wonder that they might be pushing away it's trying to you know involve them in it there's different techniques we can use but that's that's for another day that's off the off the subject but no yeah. but that's uh, really uh, something that we can implement in, in practice and sherry is also asked so this is the last question for which i wasn't asking you anyway is um and i know you're gonna send me brochures or links or whatever um, tell us about your course date uh and if you give us a website maybe and then sherry uh, is really keen for that uh, and so am i so uh, please let us know my yeah, friend yeah i'll just i'll look at up on my calendar i live by my calendar so if i don't so yeah we're looking at fingers crossed um saturday the 19th and sunday the 20th of march so it's a two-day course um i think the price is around 450 pounds but that's for the total weekend obviously it doesn't include your accommodation but it includes for, the for um, a two-day course that is for phenomenal a, for value. a two-day um, practical course and the main reason for that is is the philosophy of those of us that are in the society the society is there for the education and it's not mm -hmm. about us making loads of money. So it's there. We have to charge it at London prices because, you know, we're at Regent's College and it, co it costs yeah. more. Whereas if we did it somewhere else, if we came to Reading, it might be half that price. Well, I'm going to have to host you in Reading because I can't make that date because I'm in Dubai. Hopefully, all, all going well. Uh, for our if first not, we're, family we're holiday most, in Oma three years. We are most probably doing because we haven't. We didn't do one last year. And we generally do them in October. But we haven't done them for the okay. last two Octobers. We all know why we haven't done them. Um, mm. The only thing that we'll be looking at is with anything flow before you go. So we'll be asking people to lateral flow um, before you know they come in for the course. That's fine because that's what we'll be doing. Because obviously people are coming in. This was our you know for the course, and they'll be coming from multiple practices. So everyone wants to know that after the weekend that they're fine to go back to work. So it's that mm -hmm. mutual respect thing. So yeah. So we'll be looking at doing one, um, doubling up this year and doing one a couple. Of months later we're just sorting out the dates with regents college please do, we can uh, do I would, like i said uh, I'm, I'm not just saying this because you come as, as a guest I, I generally want to come to this course i think it's the next uh, string to my bow uh, in terms of the the management of, of temporomandibular joint pain that i do uh, I, I do it quite well with with, with splints and um, using physio techniques and referring to our physio colleagues but i think i, I would love to have for just even just the gag reflex uh, and for s simple um, trigger point areas to help people with their um, yeah, myofascial myalgia i think it's, it's a great thing to be to be able it's to that extra to tool skills. in the toolbox. That's what yes. it is. It's yep. that extra mm -hmm. tool in the toolbox, and you can use it in combination, you know, with other therapies. So when you can you can a, a, approach it in the in the, you know multifaceted way, and you know to get that. And different cases will need different things. And also, yeah, I get you get some patients who um you know needles are not their thing. So so mm -hmm. I so it's not like I go well I I can only offer you acupuncture. I want to get them pain free. So fine we'll talk about acupressure we'll talk about firm massage in that area mm. you know using mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. like your bio oil or just even just a simple you know um face cream and just giving themselves self-physiotherapy in that area mm -hmm. you know when i was a student one of um one of the um oral uh, surgery consultants used to talk about this stuff called cold tar paste it was really thick and you get the patient to put a small dot of it over where we say the trigger point is and you get them to massage it in well this stuff was extremely thick and they'd have to massage it in until it dissipated well it took a decent amount of time so by the time they'd finished they'd given themselves physiotherapy over mm -hmm. that trigger point you know so we're talking you know we're maybe explaining things a little bit more scientifically but um you know, things go back, you know, 
way before them. You know, I, I spent a bit of time with the Sam Bushman in, in Namibia on a, uh, an expedition survival course. And when we were looking at, at the women from, from the Sam Bushman, a lot of them, to treat sort of headaches and facial pain, what they would often do is they'd take a small blade and just cut over that area and then they would take ash from the fire and rub it in and the way you could tell is because they had some sort of like tattooing in that area and that's wow. how they would do they would basically use a noxious stimulus basically to to help with the pain that they were having and that goes back you know for them most probably centuries if not more if not more so yeah. you know we're just explaining things a lot more scientifically now because yeah. we've got far far better machines better understanding of anatomy neuroanatomy and how thing it all links in but yeah for looking up the courses just google british dental acupuncture society the bdas yeah british dental Amazing. acupuncture society well, sherry says thank you very much she found it very interesting and even though it's persian new year she says she's going to come sherry i'm so sorry i won't get to meet you because i'm able to make that date but i'm going to be uh, pestering dave for his uh, other dates uh, especially at that fee it's an amazing deal and i can't wait to learn more from you actually hands-on so really excited for that uh, dave thank you so much for giving up a friday evening to to be live with us uh, with the producer rt uh, and to teach us some things about trigger points uh, and how we can implement acupuncture in practice for temporomandibular joint pain and for the gag reflex uh, I really appreciate you coming on oh, I, and again once again thank you for the um, for the honour of being part of it like I said when I saw your son, it just yes he's on the same page he understands trigger points oh, it's, I mean, it is, I'm it on is the same page but I have so much more to, to, to go to, to, to be able to learn I've got so much to learn from you so appreciate you, it is, you, you it, sharing it is, with me I will and with say, everyone so thank you yeah, it is a great journey to understand musculoskeletal pain. You know, my mm. wife and I talk talk about this a lot. I say, what happens when people don't understand it? And she says, they walk about in pain for a long time, or they mm. have to, you know, from the rest of it, they have to alter their posture and stuff like that. But, you know, there's speaking with um, medical colleagues, they just say, you know, really the good health model would be to have that every general medical practice has a physiotherapist who does acupuncture and something like that there because 70 percent of what comes in of of, of pain is is musculoskeletal pain mm, and musculoskeletal mm, mm. pain responds so well to acupuncture that's what you and it's want. the second most common uh, uh, cause of pain in the face uh, so after odontogenic pain after you know tooth pain it is the next most likely thing so uh, this is something that most dentists when they qualify they don't have no knowledge of and i actually remember being in dental school and patients come in and the tutor will be there and I'll be there and we just don't know why this patient's getting pain from the molar. You've done your vitality testing. You've done, you check TTP. Uh, you've done your probing depths and you just can't figure out why they're getting pain. And then I truly believe the next step, which the tutor didn't know about at that point, I definitely didn't know about at that point, was to then actually look beyond the teeth and look at the, the, the muscles and yeah. that would have given a huge clue or, or, or got, got us closer to diagnosis. And, and all it takes is just a couple of lectures just with some nice diagrams going. And, and if one thing it will show you, especially looking at the muscles on the neck, improve your posture, improve your mm, posture. Mm -hmm. Because when you look mm -hmm. at these trigger points, everyone will go, you know, and we most probably all like this, 
just midline of the neck, which is a point called bladder ten and a half. It's on the bladder meridian. These, these names are hilarious. Oh, it was, <laughs> none of them. None of them relate. When you cover the course, you'll see how none of them relate to the underlying uh, anatomy. And I'll, expl- I'll explain why they're given the the names that they are. They're medical names, and who came in and said we've got to have something so we're all working off the same terminology, so people don't <laughs> stick needles in the wrong place. But yeah, bladder ten and a half in between bladder eleven at the top, bladder ten down the bottom. That's where people like to be massaged that sort of like area that you think if i was a tiger cub that's where i'd like to be picked up on my neck it's just <laughs> oh yeah that's the area you go that's just a few little needles in there a few on the trapezius the worst thing is is the ones on the trapezius you can't do yourself so it's always good when someone comes along you bring someone else from your practice so you uh-huh. can do them and they can do you and when we do the course tom does me and i do him and we're both like this afterwards oh that's so much better it's reset <laughs> it's reset all that badness of the year excellent i just, I just want to say some more messages coming through uh radna hi radna hope you're well uh, she says thank you and miles says thank you so much uh, both of you uh ready for that course amazing miles i hope you're well buddy hope uh november went well uh nice to see your photos uh, um david this was absolutely brilliant uh, and thank you for telling us uh, about these uh, bladder points as well <laughs> uh, i really appreciate your time once again and uh, have a lovely weekend and guys thanks for joining this live it's gonna be ending the live stream now so uh thanks so much for joining well there we have it guys hope you enjoyed that with Dr. David Johnson. David, thank you so much for just being a brilliant communicator in this. Really helped to make clear about the role of acupuncture and maybe you'll be able to use acupressure on Monday morning to sort of get you started with that tricky gag reflex patient. So I hope that gem was useful for you. I'm actually looking forward to joining David on one of his courses because it will complement the kind of work I do already with facial pain and TMD and I think to have uh, acupuncture to my list of treatments I can offer will probably be good for my niche that I'm developing. And I hope some of you guys feel the same way and we'll find somewhere local to you, no matter where you are in the world, someone who you can learn uh, dental acupuncture from. And I hope this episode helped you to to spark the interest in that journey. Anyway, thanks so much for listening all the way to the end. Really appreciate it always. Do hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening, give me some stars, okay? Spotify rating and Apple rating here and there means a lot to me. Thank you so much. Bye.